Hello, this is Pastor Pete Beck III with LifeNet in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast, which is entitled, Jesus, the Healer of Our Soul. This is the 20th article in a series entitled, Wonderful Counseling. If you wish to read the other articles in this series, you can go to my website, thirdpeter.com. I want to begin this today with Psalm 147, verses 1 through 3. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant. And a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcast of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That's from the English Standard Version. So far in this series, I've covered how deeply embedded lies and generational devastation contribute to bondage. Deep, unhealed wounds and the associated traumatic pain can also interfere with our experiencing all that Jesus died to provide. This article looks at how the Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. As a matter of review, The devastation experienced because of unconfessed and unforgiven generational sins and their attached judgments is overcome through actively claiming and applying what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. I covered this in my previous article. Lie-based strongholds are defeated through our recognizing and renouncing any lies we have believed and replacing them with promises and truths from the Bible. The truth sets us free from the power of the lie. John 8, 31 and 32. We must learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit to guide us through this process. When it comes to deep pain, however, neither the authority of the resurrected Christ over all generational devastation nor the bondage-breaking power of the truth is the complete answer. Deep traumatic pain requires the healing touch of Jesus. Identifying what component of bondage is at work in a person allows us to apply the proper remedy. The relationship between inner hurts, embedded lies, and demonic oppression. By way of review, all sin and bondage is lie-based. Sin began because a satanic lie was spoken, believed, and acted upon, which opened the door to a lifestyle of sinful independence with its resultant pain and destruction. When we encounter pain in our lives, we usually attempt to understand and make sense of it in order to protect ourselves by using the carnal or unspiritual mind, which is also called in Greek, the sarks, or in English, the flesh. The carnal mind lacks wisdom and weaves for itself another layer of deception. The lies we believe when acted upon can introduce even more pain. 
setting the cycle in motion once again. Demons often take advantage of this state of affairs and may present themselves as our friends who are trying to help. Demons look for a nest of lies and pain to set up housekeeping. Sometimes they rely upon some sort of hook in our souls, such as involvement in the occult. Such demonization may go back generationally. I hope it is becoming clear to us why deliverance from bondage needs to address all four of these interrelated areas. Hurts and wounds of the soul are carried on the inside of a person and may be invisible except for how they affect us. Their presence is often revealed by exaggerated emotional responses, bizarre behaviors, and irrational thinking. When our reactions are out of keeping with the provocation, inner hurts and associated lies are likely beneath the surface. Where there is smoke, there is fire. In the process of asking the Lord Jesus to set us free from inner hurts, embedded lies, and generational devastation and demonization, it is usually a good idea to begin where the pain is the greatest. In fact, the reason most people even seek out help is because the pain has become unbearable. A good practice for each of us when we experience emotions that are not from God's Spirit is to ask the Lord, what is going on inside us? If we listen to the Spirit, He may reveal to us bondage-breaking truth and provide healing. This has happened to me. Healing from inner hurts usually involves the complete package of deliverance. We repent for known sin, identify and claim freedom from generational devastation, ask Jesus to heal our pain and replace lies with truth, and cast out any attached demonic influence in Christ's name and authority. Now, demons are not always part of the problem, however, and should not be addressed unless they are discerned with the aid of the Holy Spirit. Unless we use this broad approach to deliverance, we may leave key components to bondage in place. Usually our pain has an historical basis and is directly connected to events we experience, to words spoken over us, or to attitudes expressed to us. None of these things has the power to bring us into bondage unless we believe some lie as a result. Jesus experienced all sorts of negative things in his life, but never reacted sinfully, never came into bondage. For example, when a parent fails to love his or her child properly, it may break the heart of that little one. And as a result, depending on the personality of the child, the response might be to become afraid, depressed, angry, or maybe just shut down emotionally in an attempt to wall out the pain. Lie-based strongholds are often generated as we try to understand and cope with our pain. We may come to believe 
that we have no personal worth because our parents did not value us enough to live with us, spend time with us, or speak affirming words to us. We may feel shamed and think there is something inherently wrong with us, causing everyone who is important to us to eventually leave. As you can imagine, believing such things triggers corresponding behaviors that can be a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. For example, we may expect to be rejected, so to protect ourselves from that pain, we reject the other person first. These hurts must be healed, and the lies must be addressed and replaced with God's truth. The generational side of things usually needs to be addressed as well. At times, we need to consider that some events have produced a deep level of hurt in an entire group of people. Think of what happened at Wounded Knee when the U.S. Army massacred an entire Indian village. D. Brown wrote in a book entitled Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, which communicates some of the pathos attached to that event. A once proud people was reduced to living in poverty on reservations supplied by a government that systematically lied to them, destroyed them, and divested them of their territories over several decades. You would have to ask a Native American what kind of pain still remains and how it has affected both mental health and personal fulfillment and happiness. Poverty, hopelessness, and alcoholism run rampant on reservations. This is a generational inner hurt accompanied by generational lies and probably demonization. Unless these past injuries are properly addressed, we may be hindered in moving forward with life. Jesus can heal us from the pain associated with our personal group, or family past, too. How does Jesus bind our wounds and heal our broken hearts? When Jesus launched his public ministry, he told his followers what its focus would be by quoting the prophet Isaiah. And now I read from Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. That's the English Standard Version. The poor in this passage are those who have been so reduced by their neediness that they crouch and cower. Captives are those who have been conquered and made prisoner. The oppressed are people who have been broken to pieces. And part of their breaking has been the rending of their hearts. Many people have hearts that are thoroughly broken. They are often incapable without proper mending of feeling emotions properly or trusting God completely. Faith comes from the heart, and if the heart is broken, how can we feel or trust fully? And that is one reason why the healing ministry of Jesus is so needed. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. 
yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. That's the New American Standard Bible. Jesus endured the crushing pain of abandonment, false accusation, betrayal, fear, powerlessness, rejection, invalidation, and confusion. All the common maladies of the soul fell upon him as an armed bandits might fall on an innocent, defenseless traveler. Jesus offered no defense, but full of trust in his Abba Father, went to his death as a sheep to the slaughter, as the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. The crushing Jesus experienced provided for our well-being and healing. Jesus is not indifferent to our pain. He experienced it for himself and knows exactly how to heal it. In fact, he has already paid the price for our healing and restoration, but we must go to him. Just as the woman with the issue of blood relentlessly pursued Jesus until she touched the hem of his garment and was healed. Finding healing in Christ begins with the understanding that he cares, loves, and feels deeply for us. He knows about our pain, how it feels, where it came from, and what it has done to us. He also paid the price in his own soul and body to provide for our healing. If we will believe that Jesus is God the healer, Jehovah Rapha, and believe that he has already paid the price for our healing, if we will come to him in faith, asking him to heal and restore us, we will experience healing at his hands. Likely, this pursuit of healing will require us to revisit the memories of when these things happened to, to us, reopening old painful wounds and unsealing long repressed pain. We will need the courage to allow ourselves to once again feel that pain and ask Jesus to heal us. This has been labeled by some inner healing or healing of the memories it is simply recognizing that our pain has an historical origin of which Jesus is aware. He was there when it happened, although we knew it not. He knows what it felt like, what we were thinking, the lies that were set up in our hearts, etc. He also knows exactly how to set us free because he is the wonderful counselor. Isaiah 9, 6. If we take these painful memories to him and ask him to speak his healing words of truth to us, the results will be amazing. He is far more willing to set us free than we are in coming to him. Some of us were so deeply hurt that it will take a great amount of bravery and trust in Jesus to allow him to reopen the doors to the hidden places in our hearts. This is what blocks many of us from the pursuit of freedom, but Jesus can be trusted completely. He will be careful and tender with us on our journey to freedom. And just as surely as he delivered the woman at the well in Samaria from her pain in John chapter 4, and set the adulteress free from her condemnation and pain in John chapter 8, 
he will do the same for us because he is the healer of our souls.